some people say they wish they could live in a book. Now I get it, but me personally, there is nothing like film and TV. New worlds, galaxies, unspoken laws and universes to explore. And I love these worlds. I want to go for a walk through Mordor with Frodo. I want to see time and space with Spock. I want to drive a car into a battlefield with Optimus Prime. I am obsessed. I rewatch and track the hidden messages, Easter eggs, and theories that come from these amazing franchises. So sit back, grab your popcorn, and let me take you through the finer details of these incredible stories. I'm T, and welcome to Theories by T. Hello, agents. Thank you for tuning in. All across the world for the last 27 years, one man has been achieving the greatest stunts known to cinema. He's led a franchise of near impossible action that shatters records every time, and his name is Tom Cruise. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to listen to this podcast from beginning to end and help me uncover what it is that made the Mission Impossible franchise so iconic. Good luck. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Haha, <laughs> it's not a real explosion, you silly, lovely listeners, it's me. Hello and welcome to Theories by T, the podcast. I'm your host, Terrell, and in partnership with Sky Cinema, today we're unpacking the Mission Impossible franchise, looking at the wildest action moments, insane behind-the-scenes details as to how these stunts were achieved, and the crazy team of people that made Mission Impossible such a hit, and uncover what makes this franchise so iconic. Mission Impossible has gone on for seven movies long at this point, and unlike the Transformers episode, I am not going to dive into every single one of them too in-depth, but I think you know as well as I do, the fun of this franchise is really in the action. So what we're doing is looking at the greatest and most impressive action set pieces of the franchise, breaking down how they did it, why it was so impressive, as well as any interesting easter eggs or behind the scenes details. So without further ado, let's get into the first stunt. The first stunt I want to look at is arguably the most memorable of the franchise, it's Ethan Hunt's descent in the first movie. For some context, Ethan Hunt, super spy, is on the run from the very organization he'd been working for, and to clear his name and expose his foe, he needs to steal the knock list from a government facility. To get it, he needs to dangle himself on a cable without touching any surface or it will trigger an alarm. Tom Cruise has said in an interview that it was the hardest stunt of the film to pull off. While yes, wire work may seem fairly commonplace in film, this stunt required Tom to be completely horizontal and level, but they found it difficult to keep balance. So to achieve it perfectly, they were filming the scene in England and a member of the crew gave Tom two £1 coins to put in his shoes to balance him out just right, keeping him horizontal. In the scene, there's the famous moment where he almost plummets into the ground and Ethan is shocked that he just barely managed to resist going splat. Yeah, that was actually real surprise for Tom too, who was tensing his whole body, sweating and praying that not a single point of him hits the ground. I love this scene in general because it builds tension in such a cool way. We're given exposition of the room's design, just a scene before this, so we know Ethan cannot touch a thing. We also know there is a guard walking in and out that checks the vault periodically, which means they only have a small amount of time. We're even shown that a droplet of water can set off the alarms, so when Ethan starts to sweat, we're also on edge too. Just a genius way to make the audience feel the tension that the characters feel. Oh, and fun facts, did you know that the iconic score of the film was by Danny Elfman? 
The guy that did Spider-Man's theme did Mission Impossible. The man's a legend. The next crazy stunt I want to highlight comes in Mission Impossible 2. Now, if you've seen the film, you probably think I'm going to say the rock climbing scene, which was great and achieved through Tom Cruise climbing the mountain on cables that were digitally removed, which director John Woo was worried about, but Tom insisted it get done. But no, the best scene of Mission Impossible 2 was the knife fight. Hunt and Ambrose are duking it out at the end hand to hand, something John Woo is known for. But here's the fun fact. Did you know that the shot of the knife landing an inch from Tom Cruise's eye was achieved through the use of a cable just off camera? Tom insisted on the knife being used in this scene to be a real one and not a plastic prop to make it all feel real. So to get that perfect stop, they rigged the knife, a real Kershaw amphibian blade, to wires that were measured perfectly so they would definitely stop and go torn right at the point above Tom Cruise's face. And then they cut in the continuous shots of Doug Ray Scott holding it over his face afterwards to keep the illusion. Tom also insisted that Scott use all of his might to push that blade towards his face. I'm telling you, Mr. Cruz is a next level daredevil. No injuries during the knife fight, thankfully, although he did tear his shoulder filming that mountain climb scene. Mission Impossible 3 really stepped up the action, making yet another director change with J.J. Abrams leading the charge, who naturally included bigger effects, wilder action and crazier opportunities for Tom Cruise to do something insane. The best action moment of Mission Impossible 3 has to come from the bridge scene. It's a moment I think of regularly when I picture the whole cool guys don't look at explosions trope. Ethan Hunt is running from a missile that's about to blast a car behind him and the shockwave propels him into a nearby car. Such an iconic shot and something other movies have replicated since to add a level of realism to an explosion. But again, that was no stuntman, that was Tom himself. In one continuous shot, Tom Cruise is running from the car attached to cables that were digitally removed, and then those cables yanked him into the car at full force. The explosion itself and the damage to the car that he was yanked into was all added digitally in post-production, but the motion itself? That was all Tom. Somehow he sustained no injury from this and jumped back onto his feet like nothing happened. Although some have pointed out that the angle of the explosion should have sent Tom flying in the other direction, but hey, it was still an awesome shot. Crew members have even stated that if any other full-time stuntmen performed that stunt, it would be at the top of their CVs, so for the actual star of the movie to take that on is seriously impressive. There was also another scene later in the film where Hunt wires down from a wall and lands perfectly horizontally inches before the ground as a callback to the first film. It's not quite as impressive the second time round, but I mention it because there was one accident here, since Tom had actually had a take where he fails the jump and gets smacked clean into the floor, but thankfully he was okay. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is often regarded as the best in the franchise so far, likely because it gave the franchise a bit of a refresh. Audiences saw it less as a fourth installment in a franchise and more of a one-off really awesome action spy thriller. The greatest scene and certainly best action moment of Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol is without a doubt the Burj Khalifa scene. Ethan needs to access the 130th floor of this building, totally undetected, and then make his way back down with only a pair of suction cup gloves to his name. Oh, and that building? Just the tallest building in the world, standing at 828 meters high. That's 160 floors. For context, I recently visited Toronto and went up the CN Tower, the place that Drake sits in his album cover for views, which is over 500 meters tall. Incredibly impressive and can be seen from so far away, it's nuts. But the Burj is 300 meters taller than that. 
although 500 meters is roughly where Tom was for the scene, but still, a crazy feat. The scene was shot super close to when the Burj Khalifa was completed, so Tom really wasted no time with that climb. It was achieved through, again, cables to keep Tom attached to the building, which were digitally removed, but Tom was still scaling the building as if it was just another day of rock climbing. The harnesses apparently cut off Tom's circulation, so they had a limited time to shoot this before he passed out. They also had to get special permission to drill into the Burj Khalifa to assemble those cables. Tom then had to run down the building to film Hunt's escape, and yeah, again, that is Tom doing the running there. Assisted by some cables, sure, but on low circulation, that high in the air? How he didn't pass out is beyond me. The windows removed from the Burj Khalifa for the scene were carefully taken out by workers that were on a window washing platform just off camera. Just imagine how brave you need to be to go up that high and not be Tom Cruise. The scene is often regarded as the biggest and best stunt in cinema history. And word of this scene in the trailer and word of mouth is a big reason a lot of people ran to the cinema to go watch it. We'll get to how much money these movies made in a bit, but this one was a whole heck of a lot. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, I would probably say is my personal favourite of the franchise. Don't get me wrong, I think Ghost Protocol earns its accolades as a lot of people's favourites, just for me, I feel like this one really improved upon the franchise in every way. It'd be the first time that Christopher McQuarrie directs a Mission Impossible film, and him being signed on to do the next few goes to show how much of an impression he made. This one actually has two stunts that I think are worth talking about. One of the best stunts in Rogue Nation is Ethan Hunt hanging on the side of a plane as it takes off, and you guessed it, that is Tom Cruise attached to the side of a real plane. I mean, as far as physicality alone, that had to be the most strenuous stunt. Well, second most when I get into the next one. To achieve this, Tom was attached by a cable to the side of a plane while it took off and had to just hold on for dear life. Tension was on for this too, as they apparently only had 48 hours to shoot, giving the team just enough time for Tom to perform it eight times, while the plane went 115 miles an hour over a thousand feet in the air. Now he'd later do a bunch more dangerous plane stunts in Top Gun Maverick, but those were inside. Think about it, once these planes were in the air, this man's life is literally on the line. If that cable snapped, if he slipped, if any minor issue happened, there is not a safety net in the world that was going to save him. Now the next big stunt in the film takes Tom Cruise all the way underwater. The big dive scene. Rogue Nation sees Hunt have to complete his mission completely submerged in water without coming up for air. And again, to achieve realism, Tom wanted to completely submerge himself for as long as possible and do the whole scene just like his character, not coming up for air at all. The facility was a merge of practical set design and a big green screen room, but the water itself was very real. Tom proved to the team that he could do it safely by holding his breath for six and a half minutes for the scene. The only weird part was that the camera wasn't doing one long take, as with some of his previous stunts. Like there are visible cuts in the film where they edit away to character reactions, so Tom didn't need to do this at all. It does look realistic when he runs out of breath and stuff, sure, but Loki, I feel like he did this for his own pride. It's super impressive and he did hold the record for an actor holding their breath for the longest underwater for a movie, until Kate Winslet blew him out of the water literally by holding hers for 7 minutes in Avatar The Way of Water. Mission Impossible Fallout is also a really great film and it has so much action, like truly back-to-back -back action. There was the helicopter sequence at the end of the film that saw Hunt climb a rope up the thing and then fall down to the payload that it carried, which by the way led to him actually hurting himself and everyone thinking that he just went splat. 
There was also the fight scene that Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill performed inches away from the edge of a cliff, which they both had to fall off of and Tom physically climbed back up. Oh, and mind you, he climbed back up six weeks after breaking his ankle performing another stunt of the film, a rooftop chase. Yes, he ran across rooftops, jumped, landed poorly, broke his ankle and then continued the scene before seeking urgent medical care. But no, let's talk about the real impressive feat of the movie, Tom Cruise's incredible skydive. Even Hunt had to do a halo jump, launching himself out of a plane over Paris. There's actually a lot of impressive details to unpack here. First of all, the plane was 25,000 feet in the air. You know, only 24,000 feet higher than he was in the last film. It was also filmed all in one take that is two and a half minutes long. The crew had to wear oxygen masks just to stay conscious up there. The camera operator, Craig O'Brien, actually had to perform the jump with Tom Cruise whilst holding the camera facing Tom so he could capture the perfect shot and mimic the feeling of falling that Ethan is feeling here. Not to mention, as Tom jumps, he also needed to stay in character and in focus of the camera the entire way down, with Craig and Tom hovering and floating toward each other to achieve that perfect shot. Oh, and you know how before I said it was over Paris? Yeah, that's what the film wants you to think. They actually shot this whole thing over Abu Dhabi, but thanks to some handy VFX, the design team edited in some storm clouds to mask the city below and then also digitally augmented the city as they land to make it look like France and not the UAE. Which brings us to the most recent seventh installment of the Mission Impossible franchise, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Which just so happens to feature yet another record-breaking stunt that again Tom Cruise could have died from. I wonder what those meetings are like when he pitches these ideas. Now, a couple of honorary mentions of this film come from the car chase scene. Tom's driving a Fiat 500 through the streets of Rome with several cars surrounding him and Tom here is drifting the car one-handed. And yes, to be clear, that is Tom Cruise driving a real car. That Fiat 500 was specially built to be faster for this film, which in turn made it much harder to control, especially on those cobblestone streets. Madness. Personally, I still hesitate when I'm driving on a busy London roundabout. But that's where Tom and I differ though, because the man has raced professionally and is an expert stunt driver and motorcycle rider on and off-road, doing so across his films for decades. But the craziest scene in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning is the cliff jump. In the final showdown of the film, Ethan Hunt needs to access a cross-country train from above while it's moving. So to do so, he drives a motorcycle to the highest peak of a mountain and launches off of it, ditching the cycle, pulling out a parachute and gliding to the train, slamming through the window. Whew, okay, so much to unpack here. A motorcycle jump off a cliff into a base jump. So they actually filmed this scene in Norway. Tom himself put a plan together to coordinate experts from different disciplines to do a year of training in base jumping, stability in freefall and motocross training. And in preparation, Tom had to perform 30 jumps per day, 500 skydives and 13,000 motocross jumps. I also found out that there was no speedometer on that bike too, so Tom's timing and precision was all done by the sound and feel of the bike. The man just felt the spirit of the bike and unlocked a sixth sense, getting him into the right timing. To get that perfect shot, he rode that bike off the cliff six times in one day. And as a result, Tom now holds the record for most jumps off a cliff on a motorcycle. The fact that there is more than one person on earth that can do that is already insane. Okay, now that we've talked about all of those crazy scenes, let's actually look at how the world received these movies. Where most action movies tend to get rated fairly harshly by critics, the Mission Impossible franchise, for the most part, has been universally well received. 
The first three films set at a humble 66, 56, and 71% respectively on Rotten Tomatoes, with B plus, B, and A minus on CinemaScore, whilst Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, Fallout, and Dead Reckoning all sit in the high 90s on Rotten Tomatoes and A's across the board on CinemaScore. Critics seem to agree that the first few films are fun spectacles, but the plot's convoluted nature tends to distract from that, which I can totally get. The second film in particular did favour more style over substance, and the third was just trying to confuse you as much as possible, but distract you with a lot of explosions and fights. Although I do appreciate the different style each director gave. The following films that many say breathe new life into the franchise are deemed by critics as the pinnacles of action cinema. Ghost Protocol was called stylish, fast-paced and loaded with gripping set pieces, as well as a supremely clever sleight-of-hand thriller. After watching the highest-rated movie of the franchise, Slight & Sound's Nick Pinkerton called it a strong contender for the most consistent cinematic franchise of the last 25 years. And honestly, the proof is in the cash as the Mission Impossible franchise has made so much money. The first film made 457 million worldwide, with subsequent films blowing that out of the water with Ghost Protocol hitting 690 million and Fallout being the current highest earner, making 790 million worldwide. Overall, it's not hard to see why these movies have been so iconic. It really is the insane balls to the wall action. Now you might be thinking, it's unnecessary for movies to do these crazy life-threatening stunts, right? I mean, Marvel movies knock out these iconic scenes with a few cleverly placed green screens. But that's what makes Mission Impossible such an important piece of cinema. They push the boundaries of what it means to be a spectacle. Right now, in the streaming age, it's hard to get people out of their homes to watch films in cinema. And for many people, that's great. It makes films more accessible. But if we want cinemas to still exist, people need to go watch them. Huge action spectacles like scaling the Burj Khalifa is something people wanted to see in cinema. It's why people say Tom Cruise is one of the last true movie stars. Because when you see him in a film, you are guaranteed to get a crazy action moment. If anything, when we do watch these movies back via streaming, we pay even more attention to how great these moments are because we know the crazy lengths Tom went to to get them done. Whether he's being slung into a car, shot off a mountain, or launched out of a plane, Tom Cruise constantly breaks boundaries and preserves the fun and magic of cinema. And when it comes to Mission Impossible, we know we are always in for one of the greatest action moments to ever grace the screens. And that's all for today's episode of Theories by T. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you want to watch the Mission Impossible franchise, then you can head over to Sky Cinema and relive these crazy action adventures. I mean, personally, I am so happy that I rewatched these movies. I forgot how much tension each of those scenes really packed in. Like, my heart's racing with every single film. And once again, that's Sky Cinema if you want to rewatch all of Tom Cruise's life-threatening feats, and I highly recommend it. See if you can see how crazy these scenes are now that you know the context behind what goes into them. Well, that's all guys, and remember if you haven't listened to the previous episodes of the podcast, I highly recommend doing it. I've gone into The Hunger Games, Matrix, Spider-Man, go give them a listen and let me know what you think. I've been T, and that's the T.